Welcome to a Badass Study Podcast, a podcast where you can study while doing whatever. I'm your host, Hannah Dollinger. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of a Badass Study Podcast. I'm taking a break from binge-watching Joe Exotic to bring you this podcast on task list item A9, which is evaluating accuracy and reliability of measurement procedures. I bet you'd rather be watching Joe Exotic. (laughs) Before we get started, there are a few housekeeping things that I wanted to cover. First, I wanted to correct a couple of things from my last episode. I said I would be releasing a bonus episode for time sampling. I didn't think it was covered until task list item FK48, but I've cranked myself. It's actually covered on task list item A13. So that episode will be coming soon anyways. So no bonus episode. I also said that episodes will be dropped every Monday and Friday, but it's going to be every Tuesday and Friday. Um, I guess my days are all mixed up with the current craziness going on. Second and final housekeeping item, I changed my artwork for the podcast. It's totally different now, and I thought I would mention it just in case you're wondering what happened. Um, So just wanted to give you a heads up on that. Okay, I know that you're super excited to discuss evaluating measurement procedures, so without further ado... Alright, so task list item A9 states to evaluate accuracy and reliability of measurement procedures. When we talk about evaluating accuracy and reliability, we should also talk about validity. So today we're going to talk about all three. You need all three for your measurement to be considered trustworthy. To remember all three, it really helped me to remember them as RAV3, you know, like there's the car, the RAV4. so you've got reliability, accuracy, and validity. I don't know. Just help me. You don't have to use it. <laughs> okay, so first let's talk about reliability. Reliability is the extent to which the measurement of one thing yields the same results repeatedly. For example, if I step on the scale five times in a row with each time only being one minute apart, will it yield the same result? If yes, it's reliable. If not, it's not reliable. Next up is accuracy. Cooper defines accuracy as the extent to which the observed value matches the true value of the event. Simply put, are the data you're reporting correct when compared to the true value? What even is the true value? Um, Basically, the true value is usually obtained by collecting data using an established measurement tool. The Cooper book gives the example of comparing an exercise watch's mileage to a car's mileage. So if both the car and the bike took the same route and then recorded their mileage, it would be comparing the two. And in this case, the car's mileage is the true value. Another example, if I'm curious about the temperature outside because I just got into my car in the middle of summer and I'm dying of heat... I would look at the car's thermometer, which says 101 degrees, and then I would compare it to the true value, which I would consider my weather app to be the true value because, I mean, the meteorologist records it, and he's pretty, he's a trusted source. So if I open up the weather app and it says that the temperature outside is 90 degrees, 
I'm going to trust the weather app because A, it's the true value, and B, my car has been sitting in the sun for hours, so the temperature is probably hotter on in the car than it really is outside. So um, in this case, my car's thermometer would not be accurate. Finally, the data have to be valid. Data are valid when they are directly relevant to the phenomenon measured and to the reasons for measuring it. For example, when I run, I obtain mileage by wearing my Fitbit because it uses GPS to track how far I run. Yesterday, I ended my run early and I just used my time to finish my workout. So I ended up running for another 30 minutes and then I ran and said that I ran another three miles, which really is not a valid measure. Because instead of measuring the relevant dimension, which is the distance or the mileage, I instead measured using time, which really gives no indication of how far that I ran. For your data to be valid, three things have to happen. First, the data have to be directly met. First, the data have to directly measure the target behavior. If not, then it's a threat to validity. Keyword here is directly. When we're measuring behavior, we have to do so either direct, we can do so either directly or indirectly. And direct measures include literally observing a behavior. Indirect measures include questionnaires, interviews, standardized tests, anything that tells you about a behavior without actually measuring the behavior. So if I want to increase the number of times my fiance washes his hands because of the craziness that is corona. I'm going to observe him and then record how many times he washes his hands throughout the day. I'm not going to ask him how many times he thinks he washes his hands throughout the day because it's probably not accurate. Therefore, it's not valid. Second, we have to collect data on a dimension of the behavior that's relevant to what we're asking. If not, then it's another threat to our validity. If I'm implementing an intervention to increase my client's step counts, and one of the things she does is go on walks, I'm not going to focus on the duration of her walks. I'm not interested in increasing her time spent walking, really. I'm interested in the number of times she, the number of steps she gets during those walks. So I'm going to collect my data on her step counts. Again, not the duration, because that's not the relevant dimension that I'm looking at. Finally, when we're collecting data, we have to make sure that those data are representative of the behavior under the conditions and times that we're interested in. Some threats to validity here involve measurement artifacts and poorly scheduled measurement times. Measurement artifacts are data that are inaccurate because of the way that they were measured. Using discontinuous measurement can result in measurement artifacts. When scheduling observation periods, we need to do so when the target behavior is most likely to occur. So let's go back to my friend and her step counts. I'm not going to observe her when she's sleeping. She's not going to get any steps while she's sleeping unless she's a sleepwalker. And even then, it's, I don't care about, I mean, that's not when I should be observing her. She's also not going to um, back up. I'm also not going to collect data on her during certain times of the day because that doesn't give me a true picture of how many steps she's getting throughout the day. Rather, I'm going to have her wear a Fitbit or a pedometer so that tool can collect continuous data for me instead of me just 
observing her for an hour here and an hour there. Okay, so we talked about threats to validity, but what about some threats for reliability and accuracy? So the main threat here is human error, and basically all of the other threats to reliability and accuracy revolve around this one error. The first threat is a poorly designed measurement system. Maybe your data sheet is way too difficult for your observer to understand. It may look like a beautiful data sheet to you, but it could be really, really difficult for others to understand and therefore results in errors. This leads us to another threat, inadequate observer training. If the observer wasn't trained properly, this may result in accurate data collection and low, re low reliability. Maybe they don't really know what your data sheet means. Maybe they don't know what the definitions of the behavior are, which could lead to observer drift, which, remember, is when the observer slowly drifts away from the original definition of the behavior. The final threat to reliability and accuracy involves influences on observers themselves. For example, when the behavior's own expectations can influence his or her data collection. Researchers will intentionally withhold the purpose of their study from observers to control for this so that they have no expectations. Think about it like this. If I have my fiance collecting data for me for an important study, he probably knows all about my research and wants it to be a huge success. So he may count responses as being correct when they're really not, but he thought they were because he expects my intervention to increase correct responding. That's a threat to your validity or not to your validity, to your reliability and accuracy. There's also observer reactivity, which is when the observer's data collection is affected because he or she knows that others are looking at the data that they're collecting. If you're collecting IOA for someone, you may change the way that you collect data because you're anticipating how the other observer is going to collect data. For example, if the two observers are collecting IOA and they're best friends, they may hang out and talk about the study, and so the next time that they're collecting IOA, Alina may, antici may anticipate how Devin's going to record a particular behavior because she knows her friend, and then she'll record it as the same way. Now, how are all three, reliability, accuracy, and validity, all related? You need to know this for the exam. You need measurement to be both valid and accurate for them to matter. If it's not valid, it's not accurate, and the data don't matter. If it's not accurate, it's not valid, and if it's not reliable, then it can't be valid. All right, let's wrap up this episode with a quick review and give you what you need to know for the exam. Remember, RAV3. Reliability, accuracy, validity. Reliability is the extent to which the measurement of one thing yields the same results repeatedly. Accuracy is the extent to which the observed value matches the true value of the event. Validity is when the data are directly relevant to the phenomenon measured and to the reasons for measuring it. For the exam, you need to know what each one is and how they're related. Remember, it has to be both valid and accurate for the data to matter. If it's not valid, it's not accurate, and the data don't matter. If it's not accurate, it's not valid, and if it's not reliable, it can't be valid. You should also know the threats to each. If you want more information 
I'll put the page numbers in the show notes as always. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at abastudypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me at abastudypodcast on Instagram and uh, leave a rate and review. Next episode, we're going to talk about graphs, and we will cover task list items A10, which covers equal interval graphs, and A11, which is all about cumulative records. Now, go follow at ABA Study Podcast on Instagram. Please wash your hands, stay home, and while you're staying at home, study for the ABA exam. <laughs>